right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to John McElhone and Michal McLaughlin, who are the co-founders of CropSafe. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Thanks for having us. Hey, it's going good. Um, yeah, thank, thank you very much for having us on the podcast. Yeah, you got it. Happy to have you on. So because there's two of you, just for, uh, just for the audience, when you answer a question, uh, if you can identify who you are for the first couple of, qu- couple of questions so they can kind of know whose voice is who, that would be, uh, that would be super helpful. Um, but with that, I mean, you're in a super interesting space, a space I don't know much about, and I'm excited to learn. So can one of you explain just uh, what you're working on with CropSafe? Yeah, of course. So uh, we're from Ireland and we have a, a farming background. So our fa- families have been farming for generations and generations. And there's one thing with farming that's kind of stayed same over hundreds of years. And that's how you survey your crops. And you survey your crops by going out every other day and walking the fields and checking each individual plant for a disease or contamination or a problem. And obviously this can be very time consuming or expensive if you're hiring a team to come out and survey your crop. So what we're doing is we're using satellite imagery and artificial intelligence to help the farmers survey their crop quicker using up-to-date satellite imagery. So we can provide recommendations to farmers about where to actually check the crop for disease or any problems and to really speed up the process. And we're trying to connect with farmers in a way that they can understand with technology because we know there's there's other satellite surveying um, tools out there for farmers, but uh, farmers are kind of a different way you have to approach them because you can throw a whole bunch of data at them, but it won't necessarily convert to, okay, you need to fix this bit in your crop. So we're kind of trying to simplify the entire process down to just a simple app that they just tap and then tells them results. So I have a, probably a, a weird question, but it's the first question that popped up. Did you deploy like satellites into the, into orbit or how are you, how, like, can you just explain how you're even able to do this? It sounds extremely impressive. Yeah. So we don't, we, so John here answering, sorry. Uh, so we don't actually own any satellites at all. So there's a few different providers we can use. So such as NASA or the European space, space agency that actually provides these satellites for free pretty much. All we do is we collect images once they're taken by those satellites and we start to analyze them. So we, we don't own any satellites at all. We just use the best satellites for the job. Whatever satellite passes over our farmer's farm, we just drag the image from a satellite and start to process it ourselves. All right, this is all actually fascinating. I'm, I like want to get into other parts of your company, but I really want to hone in on the satellite stuff. So you're saying that there's just a bunch of satellites up there and uh, which obviously there are, but there's some satellites that you're able to use. So a couple like kind of, I don't know why this is so interesting to me, but is, is there, if you're using a satellite, are you the only company or the only people using that satellite is almost like real estate or can hundreds of companies use a satellite at the same time? Um, I just love to hone in on the satellite stuff. It's honestly fascinating. Yeah. So pretty much anybody can get an image from, from uh, the public source satellite, so like the European Space Agency has a, a very um, great satellite for, for Earth observation. So it takes high-resolution high images of the Earth every five days. So any point on Earth, it will revisit and take a picture. 
and it'll upload them, upload them to the servers at the European Space Agency. And anyone who wants the image can pretty much go in and get it. So hundreds or thousands of companies could have this one image, but it would just be one, one data point or one image or whatever. It's just how you start to use that image. So the image would have multiple layers you can go into and start to analyze those different layers and how they affect the farmer's crop or this point in this corner of this image means this. It's just how you start to analyze them that, that you get more results from. Wow, this is blowing my mind, honestly. There's literally public satellites that anyone can access the pictures of the satellites. And then it's up to you, it's up to the companies to do something with that. So let's talk about that. So you use these satellites, you get the images just like everyone else. You specifically get images of people's um, agriculture, their, their farms. And can you give me an idea on what you look for? Uh, or what your technology looks for. I guess, I guess, how does it work once you get the picture? Yeah, so the, basically the first thing we do, with the, we do with the images is start to analyze them for any problems. So our software will be able to pick out inconsistencies that are irregular from the normal growth of the crop. So we would be analyzing and checking each image from weeks prior to the first actual survey. And if we if the software starts to notice, okay, this looks slightly different from these images in these previous weeks. It, could, it can start to say, okay, there's probably a, a problem or a disease or contamination right here. And then once we start to see, okay, there's, there's probably a disease in this corner of the field, we can send in more satellites that are higher resolution. And with higher resolution, we can start to pick out what exactly the problem is and start to tell the farmer, say, okay, this is blight or this is leaf rust or this is whatever problem with your crop. And we can go into more detailed statistics on what is actually wrong with the crop and how they can fix it. And is the main way you figure out if something is wrong with the crop is you see something irregular? Like you know what it's supposed to look like. So then you see something that doesn't look like how it's supposed to look like and you know something's up. Is that is that in a very, very basic level, is that pretty much the the high level premise behind like how you know something's wrong? Yeah, pretty much. There's there's also a few formulas that we actually use to look into the different layers of the image. So, for example, if the if the Pacific um, plant within this crop isn't producing or isn't isn't uh, uh, doing any photosynthesis, uh, we can know that okay, there's something wrong with this this crop or this individual uh, corner of the field, and then we can start to say okay, there's something affecting the production of this specific plant within this crop. And then we start to look into what is actually wrong with that, that plant. And I'm curious to hear for both of you, this is awesome. I feel like farming is one of those industries, at least for me, that obviously it's very important, but I, I feel like it, it, it's even more important for farming, even more than other industries, that there's good technology in that industry because I mean, that's food, right? That's food for the world, for, for, for countries, you know, cities, et cetera, for families. So I'd love to hear, why did you, why did both of you get into this company? Um, it, it's, uh, it seems somewhat niche, but also very, very needed. So I'd love to hear the backstory a little bit. Sure, um, Michal here. Um, so we kind of have farming backgrounds. I was brought up on a farm. Um, my granda was a farmer, so it was, uh, I was out in the crops um, at the weekends playing, playing with my cousins and friends. But 
We also were really interested in satellite imagery. So we'd be attending workshops at local universities um, and they taught us how to, to kind of process the satellite imagery. Um, and then we were like, this could be really, we, th we thought this could really be used in, in the agriculture sector um, because, because of how, how detrimental diseases can be to farmers' crops. Um, and, and in some cases can wipe out um, large percentages of their yield, which, um, which is their livelihood. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, is it kind of the same thing for you, John, like similar, similar reasons why wanting to get into this? Yeah, we could, we could sort of actually see the, the correlation between, between the farming and the satellite imagery. Because we, we knew coming from our background that there wasn't a lot of solutions available that the average farmer would be used to or would be able to use. There is solutions that allow them to use satellite imagery and download it and start to look at the imagery themselves. But if a farmer isn't familiar with actually analyzing the satellite imagery himself, it's just it's pretty hard to understand. So we're trying to simplify it down instead of showing the farmer all this imagery and all these numbers and all these data points. We tell them exactly what's wrong, where is it, where is it wrong, and how they can solve it. Can you explain to me, uh, probably a very basic concept to you, um, but th this idea of, excuse me, this idea of yield and what yield means in this world and why a farmer, someone in agriculture might want to increase their yield. So yield is kind of the percentage of the crop. Um, the, the percentage of the crop that can go off to, uh, to food producers um, and that can actually be used. Um, so if a farmer loses 50% of their, of their yield, that means that half their crop is, is, uh, it's unfit for the market. Um, no one wants it um, and they can't sell it basically. So it reduces their, their income by half. If, and if, if crop is a high percentage of, of their income, then, um, They'll find it hard to to meet the um, the profits uh, uh, make their profits. So could you could you potentially compare this? This could be way off, but you look at VCs and VCs are kind of looked at and and measured by their IRR and their pretty much cash on cash returns, and then the, the, the VCs that have the highest. IRR for their LPs, you know, get L more LPs and they're successful because they're the best. Is farming kind of similar in that if you're known to be a farm with a high yield and a farmer that is able to, or someone in that industry that is able to produce high yield, you are an elite in the market, just like Sequoia is an elite in VC market. Could you potentially make that comparison or, or how is that, how is that potentially wrong? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's actually pretty much spot on. So depending on how your yield is throughout its previous history over the years, uh, increases the field's actual value. So just like real estate is a market, fields are actually a market. So if you've produced high yields in the past, your, your, um, your um, particularly your crop will go up in value. So there's actually pretty large auctions across Ireland and across the world. That's just farmers auctioning off uh, how high yield outcome um, just fields basically. There's no crops or anything. It's just a plot of land that produces consistently high yields. 
All right. We'll step into this. This is interesting. So what is being auctioned off? Is it the, I actually have no idea. Like do our, our farmers, are, are they like in some ways considered like founder? So I'm, try, I'm trying to make parallels just because I feel like that's what the audience, I mean, everyone probably understands, but I'm just trying to further understand myself. Like what's being auctioned off? And I guess what role do farmers play? Are they making, are they just, is that their farm and they're making money for themselves or are they making money for other people almost just like, <laughs> just like VCs? <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty much just like you own a piece of property or you own a, on a, a building on a property the farmer just owns this plot of land he only owns the land he's not selling it with crops or a building on top of it just basically a, a plot of land that he owns um it would just be the four corners of the field just like you would own a piece of real estate with a building on it and uh, when you're auctioning off um say your plot of land because it has a high yield um other farmers will start to bid on it usually um uh farmers that have quite a quite a large number of crops across the country uh, that are looking to have um, high yields um, because of different crops they're growing. Some crops need higher yields to actually meet the thin margins that, that there are in farming. So yeah, it's pretty much exactly like real estate. It's, there's nothing really special about the, about the crop apart from that it has a, a high yield. Well, why just would- a piece it, of land you're selling. Why, I mean, I guess I, this is just, I'm a total outsider here. So I'm probably asking obvious questions, but, if, if your That's piece not. of land has high yield, it means you're producing a, a, the most profit you can possibly produce if, if it's the highest yield. Why would you want to sell that land? Wouldn't you want to keep it and make money off it? Or is it literally just like a small business? You could you can make money off a small business or you could cash out. Um, is, is that is that kind of how that works? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of just, just like real estate. So you can you can cash out for a, lo- a large number. Like Got you it. probably sell a field for maybe 200,000 right now or you could uh, get 10,000 returns off it over a period of 30 years or so so it's if you want you want to be in for the short term or the mm. long term oh term. i understand sorry i like feel like i was missing a basic so so ultimately the game the, if you could call it like a game i call everything a game the game of agriculture is almost have a high performing farm and then sell it if you want and if it's if you the higher the yield the more you can sell the whole thing for is that that's pretty much or you could keep it and like and buy other farms, but I see what you mean how it's uh, how it's like real estate. I get that. Yeah, that, that's you got it exactly right. That's it. Okay. Wow, I like literally. This is, this is so interesting because it's now it's like now that you're saying it, it's kind of obvious. But I just would not have known that that's that's how that world uh, works. Um, and what you do is you must be very valuable to these farmers because what you're saying is, yo, your yield. I mean, I'm just going to throw out, like, I don't know exactly the units, but like your yield is like 70%. We can increase your yield by 10% if you pay it. Like, like, is that, how do you pitch this thing? And are our farmers just like running, running towards you to buy your product so you can ultimately make them money? Is I guess, how do you position it to them? Yeah, so uh, we're basically set, starting up at the minute, so we're trying different ideas. But pretty much what we do is we look at the, so say we find a, a farmer um, at the top of Ireland and uh, we look at his field over a historical period of time and we check if there's any problems with it or say there's a, it has a history of say blight in this corner of the field. Uh, we can we can bring up to them and say, hey, we've noticed uh, blight appears every two, three years in your field or 
this particular problem comes up every two, three years, and we've been able to spot it with our software. I kind of propose that towards him or the farmer uh, that we can help spot it before he sends a manual survey out and, call, and cost him a few hundred pounds. We could solve it with our software in a matter of seconds compared to the, the dozens of hours. So yeah, it's turned out pretty good with farmers at the, so far actually, which is great. So we don't do really any marketing at the minute because we're kind of focusing on, on customers a lot. So we find pretty much all of our, our trial customers have just came to us by hearing from other farmers because farming across Ireland or pretty pretty much across anywhere is, is very social. So farmers talk a lot to other farmers and those farmers talk more to other farmers. So if something happens within the farming industry in a country, it pretty, pretty much spreads, spreads like wildfire, if you know what I mean. Right. So can you give me an idea if you're open to sharing? If not, that's fine. But I, I'm having a hard time visualizing and understanding how valuable you're like, I don't want to, I'm not going to act like an investor, but like you must be able to charge a lot of money for, for crop safe. I mean, how do you charge? Do you charge for like dollar you make them? Is it just like flat fee? I feel like this is so valuable to a farmer. How do you think about pricing? Yeah. So we're still working on our pricing at the minute because with, uh, with farming, there's so many variables that affect, affect what you're growing and what your profit is and what your margin is. For example, avocado crop compared to a barley crop, the margins are just completely different and the price and profit you're making off is completely different. So we charge, uh, we're charging a subscription. So, from the minute you plant your crop to the minute you harvest it, we survey every uh, every five days or however many days the farmer wants us to survey, and we charge monthly fee per acre. We're still working out different costing structures for different different crops because obviously uh, the, the profits for each one is different. But yeah, it would be a, a, a per acre cost per month. So if you have 100 acres or 50 acres, it'd be say $20 a month compared to $50 a month or $100 a month. I think your mic is muted. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Cool. Um, cool. So what I was what I was saying is I don't know if I'm about to mention a competitor of yours because I literally don't understand the space to know who competes, but I'm going to mention it anyways. So I've seen in the news and like raising money these like vertical farms where you know for whatever reason you save space, it's more technology, you know, whatever. Do you do either of you know? about vertical farm stuff and what's what i guess what's happening what's happening in innovation in agriculture and in farming um on top of what you're doing and let's just get a lay of the land on like what's going on and uh what's happening in uh in tech in, in this industry hey it's it's me all here um so there's kind of there's a lot happening in, in precision farming um there's bringing there's bringing a lot of uh, tech into agriculture um, because of the amount of data that's that's actually in the industry. Uh, tech companies are are realizing that they can they can harness this. Um, but there's also different um, different areas like vertical farming and uh, hydroponics um, and, and and just different different innovations in that in those areas. Um, 
one one area we were looking at was uh it's not really an innovation but the greenhouses um and some were using hydroponics in the greenhouses and we were trying to uh we were trying to run tests and trials to see if if crops could be applied to greenhouses in in kenya um and different countries like that got it can you um just because i'm i'm curious um unless unless this isn't so much in your in your uh, I guess in your knowledge, but I am, I'm wondering why is vertical farming a thing? Obviously it's important because a bunch of people are working on it, but why, like why are farms vertical? And when I, and can you, can you explain what a vertical farm is? I don't necessarily want to stay on this topic too much, but it's something I've been curious about for so long. And I just haven't had the chance to talk to someone who's in the industry. Can either of you can either of you kind of explain what one of those is and like why, just what what it, what it like yeah what it is and like why it's happening? Yeah. So John here. Uh, so a vertical farm is basically say you have a, a small plot of land in say a city. It's basically building your farm upwards in layers and layers. And vertical farming has become popular in the past few years. It's mainly around its automation. With vertical farmer, it's e- easier to automate processes such as uh, the, the amount of water you're, you're watering your crops or the amount of light you're providing them or the amount of nutrients in the soil because it's contained in within a, such a small area, it's easier to control all these variables. But say if you have a 100-acre uh, plot of land out in the middle of um, Ireland, these variables aren't as easy to control because the weather's always changing, the light's always changing, the water's always changing. With vertical farms, you can kind of go upwards and can start to control these variables. Right now, we're still at the beginning of it, as it's still really expensive to actually manage these, but it's still a growing industry, yeah. And uh, um, is vertical farming, last question on the topic, is that something you see yourselves getting into, or is that, you know, because it's vertical, it means it's inside, so there's no satellites. Is that like a different industry from what you're working on right now? Yeah, yeah pretty much a different industry, because we can't really look inside buildings with the satellites, we still think the future is pretty much outside crops because a huge amount of land across the world is just covered in arable crops or any sort of crops. I know when I'm looking at the images on the satellite, usually every day I just zoom into a random place on earth and pretty much every single time I do that, I land on some piece of crop of a farmer growing wheat or barley or some sort of corn. So a l- larger amount of the percentage of the earth is covered in crops than, than, than you would think. Yeah, I totally believe that. Um, I, I actually feel like I have the same experience whenever I'm playing around on like a, 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 a world map or Google map or something like that. Um, or what's it called? There used to be a, uh, I guess it's called Street View. I don't know. Anyways, let's, let's go back to what you're working on specifically with CropSafe. So um, one more question. So you take these images that are publicly available, you run tests on them, technology on them, and you tell farmers where they can improve their, their, their farms and how they can increase their yield ultimately. How, I guess, what is the actual product? Um, I know what it does, but is the product software where they just see a map of their uh, of their field and they and it has a little circle around around where to fix it or like i guess what does the farmer see uh on this side i'd love to hear a little bit about the user experience yeah so john here speaking so we've talking to farmers we've talked to 
hundreds of farmers over the past year or so. And number one thing we were trying to figure out is why weren't they using existing technologies that use satellites? So like pretty much like Google Maps. And the main thing was around kind of the complexity of the existing solutions. They really created more problems than they solved. So with CropSafe, all it is is an app that the farmer downloads on his phone. He plots the boundaries of his field, of his field and pretty much forgets about the app from then. And what we do is we send notifications when problems start to come in and the farmer can tap and it pretty much says, okay, this is your problem. This is where it's at and this is how you can fix it. And then we start to recommend local, local suppliers or say a fertilizer that'll fix this problem. And the farmer can buy directly through the app and buy that fertilizer to actually fix that problem. So we're, <clears throat> we're trying to actually simplify the whole process down so the farmer doesn't really have to do much work. And he can just get a notification every day and get maybe his predicted yield across his uh, whatever crops he has. So it's, yeah, it's just basically an app the farmer downloads. Another question that that brings up for me is, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what startup founders spend most of their days doing. Um, I feel like I could I could guess roughly how how you spend your days. Although I'm gonna ask in a second. But what I have no idea about is. What is the daily activities that a farmer spends their time on? If, if someone's managing, you know, managing a field or crops, what do they do every day? Obviously, they're busy, but what are they doing? Hey, Michal here. Um, so mostly, what what farmers would do if if it was a crop farmer, for example, they could spend a couple of hours in the morning walking up. Um, their fields. If they've got a huge farm, they might uh, they might actually pay a team to walk around the field. Um, so that takes up a large portion of say their morning. Uh, they might go for lunch. Um, and if, if they had if they had livestock, they would have to tend to the livestock. Um, but on top of that, they would they would have also administrative work. Um, so they would have to fill in fill in documents um, because. It is a it is a business that the farmers are running, so they have to do the paperwork and the accountant um, or or pay someone to do this. Um, but a large portion of their time is spent walking the fields, checking checking their crops um, and checking the yield. So we want to we want to reduce this and help out the farmers as much as we can. And how does someone? What's the measurement that someone does to check yield? I'll use that the farmers check yield. I guess how is yield determined? So yeah, it's actually quite hard for a farmer walking the field to determine the yield. Uh, so if they're just walking around, um, they couldn't put a percentage on it, but they could get a, a fair understanding of, okay, this this bit isn't growing as well as, as this bit, and they would buy fertilizer. So it's kind of, there's a, it's kind of a bit of guesswork. It takes a lot of time um, to walk around, but using using CropSafe, we'll be able to use the satellite imagery to get um, to get to get these predicted yields for the farmers. Uh, it takes away the guess. Takes away a lot of the guesswork that the farmers have to do. Uh, this is interesting because you you mentioned I don't know twenty minutes ago that sometimes someone can sell a farm for two hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size, of course. Um, and also depending on the yield. Uh, um, but I, I'm really intrigued to know 
before, you know, before I would say 2000, before you, right before CropSafe and any other company that's helping uh, farmers know yield, how did uh, people know how to value farms if yield was like, eh, it's like, might be this, it might be that, let's just like do in the middle. If there's actually money on the line, what, what happens in acquisitions? Yeah, so John speaking here, pretty much a, a lot of this has only been recently, the past few decades, that these auctions and these uh, kind of farms going up for sale has actually started happening. With farming, it's really, really quite a family business. So one farm would be passed down to the son of son of whoever and then passed down again, passed down again. The farms really just passed through the family so many generations and it's not really sold outside of pretty much the, the family. So the only past few decades that this has actually started changing and farmers have started to put up their family farms up for sale. And do you see any, uh, this might be a weird question, but so you have IBM, you have Apple, you got Google, you, you I mean, those are bad examples. You get, there's, all, so, there's a lot of big tech companies that are, you know, big and they've been around for a while and you got thousands even millions of startups that are trying to beat them and take them down and win is the same element happening in farming meaning you got the massive farms that everyone knows about and then you got a thousand other farms or a million other farms that are trying to like take down the incumbents i guess is there an element of competition in farming Um, the f it's Michal speaking here. Um, I would say it's less competitive than the tech, the tech world, um, in the sense that farmers um, have kind of got communities. So my granddad, for example, would uh, go down the road in his tractor to chat to the other farmer and, and see how his uh, crops are going. Um, and they would kind of discuss um, tactics, if you like, or best practices. Um, but yeah, we're, this is where uh, CropSafe would also come in helpful. So this kind of increases the size of the community that the farmers will have. So say a farmer with a crop um, is perfectly fine, but then five miles south, there's a crop and it's got a disease that's airborne. Um, and then there's wind picking up and it's gonna come towards the wind picking up and it, and it takes this airborne disease up to the perfectly uh, healthy crop and could potentially wipe out uh, that the second field as well. So what CropSafe can do is take into account the weather data. So it knows that the wind's gonna bring this airborne disease up and then we can flag us up to the farmer and say, hey, you should, you should, um, you should spray this fungicide or pesticide um, because there's, a, there's airborne diseases uh, nearby basically. Um, and kind of prevent this, you should spray, um, you should spray here. And another question about competition. Um, what, using that example, let's say there's four farms in an area. Again, I, you know, I, like, I don't know much about how this works specifically, but generally four farms in an area and one farmer, and let's say hypothetically, these farms are close enough to each other that they have similar customers and correct me if I'm wrong, how that works. Would there be a situation where one farmer knows information about, you know, something happening to the crops, rain, something bad, 
and withholds that information so the other three farmers get hit and that one farmer benefits from extra um, extra demand. Um, it sounds honestly pretty fucked up now that after I say it, but I mean, that happens in startup land, right? Is that, is, is, is that still no competition in farming or is there some of that in, in this industry? Yeah, so John speaking here. So with farming, you, can, you sell basically your harvest the same way kind of like the stock market works. So you would sell maybe, uh, for example, one ton of um, straw for $100 and you'd sell it to uh, basically the market. So even if your neighbor doesn't have a good, uh, a good yield or maybe gets half his yield, he's still going to be able to sell that, that yield for the same price you're selling it for. So it's not like you're in direct competition. Both, both farmers are still going to get the same amount for the same, same harvest. It sounds so peaceful. Like imagine, yeah. imagine if, if it's actually kind of, I almost want to make a comparison to podcasting because I mean, it's on, on obviously so different, but I think there's some startup, there's like market share in startups, right? If you are a search engine, you pretty much, depending on how you look at it, need to like take market share away from Google to win or else you can't win, et cetera. But you look at podcasting and like, I'm probably the 500th, 500th business podcast to ever be published, not first. And there's probably going to be 5,000 after me. But like, we're not necessarily competing. Like, I listen to podcasts, podcasters listen to me. We're friends, we help each other out. If I do well, you know, Johnny Sue can still do well. And it, 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 it seems like there's some parallels with that with farming. In that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, do farmers, when, when, when one wins, do does every, does every farmer like yeah like you got it you crushed it like we're on the same team you know or is everyone kind of not competing but in their own thing not really caring if other farmers win yeah john here yeah pretty much exactly like you like you described they're not really competing against each other because everyone's getting the same price for whatever the whatever their output is so the whole community is pretty happy to share ideas and say, that's okay, awesome. this fertilizer works that. for me or yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. That's yeah they share ideas, share ideas really quickly. So we find that actually worked in, in our benefit quite well because farmers were sharing our product to other farmers and other farmers wanted to test it and just kept going to spread in pretty much. And man, I'm excited to hear this answer. Uh, I feel like I've never, I've never asked so many questions just about an industry. I feel like I've jammed on an industry before, like yesterday or two days ago, I was talking about literally podcasting for an hour, but I, did, I already understand the industry, so it's more of a jam. I literally feel like this is the first episode after 120 episodes where I'm just, I'm just this is an MBA in, in ag tech, so appreciate that. Um, I'd love to hear where you're going. Like what direction are, are, you, are you heading, kind of bringing this company to, and what's the vision that, what, 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line? Yeah, so um, we've been moving pretty quickly the past few months. We're doing a lot of customer trials. We're just seeing what works, what doesn't work. We're going to do a soft launch in the next few months or so, start to get a few paying customers in, start generating revenue, and just kind of moving across. running a bit. And uh, hopefully uh, 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 raise our first round at the end yeah. of this year. Uh, so far, we, we've been uh, really supported by government grants. 
which has been great because we haven't had to give away any equity. Kind of puts us in a Dude, tell, better Tell me position. about that. I actually, I'm yeah. going to cut you off because um, I'm talking about that. How'd you get grants for equity free? How, like, how, how does that work? Yeah, so our government is, is pretty, pretty good to us over here in, in Northern Ireland. So basically small startups or small businesses can, can apply for these, these grants. They'd be innovation grants that the, the government would award to small startups wanting to do something different than that's already being created. So, yeah, they basically help you start up your company, pay for your wages for the next year or two, pay for your employees and set you up in an office. So we've been doing that for the past few months and pretty much the whole ecosystem across Northern Ireland and Belfast, our, our closest city, is pretty much the best I've, I've, I've seen. And the support, is, support over here is great because everyone here, even if you're not a farmer, you're still kind of like a farmer in a way. Everyone helps each other quite a lot. And the startups aren't really competing against each other because everyone's in a, in a different industry. So you, in our city, pretty much every startup knows every other startup. So you recommend different funding programs to them or customers to them. So it's really connected in that way as well. Uh, would you say Ireland, this is a total guess. Like I literally have no idea, but is Ireland the Silicon Valley of farming? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Well, I'd say New Zealand is kind of a bit further ahead tech-wise. Ireland is kind of more traditional in farming, but it has been starting to pick up in the past few years with more and more farmers starting to adopt technologies because their their yield margins are getting thinner and thinner, so they're not making as much profit as they used to be. So, yeah, Ireland has been growing a lot in terms of agriculture, and the government has been has been great in supporting that to actually allow agri-tech startups to actually get off the ground and start moving and actually helping the farmers. Definitely. This is fascinating stuff, honestly. I, I have one last category of questions and then we'll wrap it up. Can you explain to me one more time how farmers make revenue? Obviously, they sell their crops, but to who is there like, a, do they go to markets? Is it third parties? I'd love to hear a little more about the revenue side. Yeah, John here. So yeah, so once they harvest, they would harvest the end of the season. Uh, they would hire in a few uh, combines or harvesters, depending on which crop. And they'd collect all their harvest and basically bring it, bring it to, you could say it's pretty much like a market. So uh, I don't know if there's any comparisons I can think of. Like, so there'd be like there'd be a market, and then there'd be people who buy from that specific purchaser. So all the farmers would go to the same person to actually sell sell their crop, kind of like the stock market works, um, or commodity market. You you can sell your crops for five dollars a a ton, and then the supermarkets are all the large the, the large um, uh, markets would start to buy from from that actual purchaser for maybe $6 a ton or whatever. So it's kind of like a three-way system. It's literally exactly like venture capital. I'm not even kidding because you have, not you, sorry, the, the farmers create the resources. They have the resources, right? AKA their LPs, but they're pros at creating the resources. They may not be pros at selling the resources at the highest 
the highest amount they could sell it to. So they sell it to you know, supermarkets or people that, that know the market better than the farmers do. And these are the venture capitalists in comparison. Then the VCs are the, are the distributors and the VCs know the market and, and sell and they get a piece of that upside. But of course they return the other up, the, the upside as well back to the farmers. Obviously it's not exactly like that, but damn. Is it is it kind of like that? Like, can you is that like is that fair? Is that comparison fair? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Pretty much, yeah. The farmers are, farmers are great at actually growing the crops, but not saying to sell to Walmart or whatever. They would sell to someone who's good at negotiating a few million tons of corn or whatever to uh, someone who would package it up and sell it to Walmart. So it goes through a few different middlemen before it actually reaches the, the final customer. The farmer's just great at growing the crop and producing it. And I I got to say, I'm going to stroke my own ego here for a second. This podcast gives me like such an interesting view on all this stuff. And I'm able to make these like obscure connections just because I feel like I, I'm in this. I'm like, I hear them as random stuff and it's awesome. Right. But there's so many different topics and I just, I just love this podcast. And I love guests like you coming on. You can teach me about something I literally know nothing about. Now I feel like I could have a conversation about this stuff. So, so thank you so much for coming on. I got one more question for you, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And how about, how about an answer from both of you? You can have different answers. The last question is, you got people listening to this podcast. I bet everyone's as stoked on farming now as I am. And everyone just wants to help. They're like, hell yeah, farming, hell yeah, agriculture. Let's get in there and help crop safe. So you just have to give us the things that you need help with. So do you even ask for the forward thinking founders community or do you have something that we could potentially help you with? I'd love to hear two different answers from both or one different answer from both of you. So we know the maximum ways that we're able to help. Hey, it's Michal here. Um, so I guess if, if you, uh, know any farmers or any food producers who, who you think might actually benefit from from more frequently uh, being able to survey their crops um, using crops if like if you just want to let those farmers know that that we're out there that'll be that'd be awesome we'd be we'd love to run some trials and and, and test with them and and work with them in the future all right how, how about you John yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much with what Michal said as well. So if, if you think of any other uses for our technology, cause we know a lot of farmers coming to us and say, okay, can you survey this particular crop? Sometimes maybe it's something we haven't heard of, but it is possible with our technology. So if there's something you're thinking about that, okay, this might work with this, but I'm not sure. We definitely love to hear it. And also we're also raising it around towards the end of this next, this year, actually. So if you're interested in, learn a bit more of what we do and our plan for the next few years. We'd, we'd love to hear you hear from you about that as well. So. Boom. Thank you so much for both of you coming on the podcast. I literally am so energized right now. I can have a whole conversation on this stuff all because of you. So thank you for coming on and best of luck with PropSafe. Keep up the Thanks a lot. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. That-